This is the fourth part of our series, Our Need for the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then in John 3.27, these have been our two main scriptures that we've looked at. John answered, and referring back to Jesus and people leaving John and going to Jesus, or actually the Baptist, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. And since the fall of man, everything has been corrupted, including truth. And that's why one of the first things that happens to us when we place our faith in Jesus Christ is we receive the Holy Spirit. And Jesus several times described the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. And I think it's important that we understand that description of the Holy Spirit because we need truth. And the only place that real truth is going to come from is God. And when, it's, when Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of truth, he's saying that because it's the Spirit of God and His truth. We need God's truth more than ever, probably. We need the ability to think right again and to speak right again. And through our salvation and receiving of the Holy Spirit, we begin to have the ability to find real godly truth and begin to walk in it. And back in Acts when he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I believe that part of the power that God wants us to experience is the power to know truth, to know what is right, to know what is wrong, and then to be able to walk in that truth. And this morning we're going to look at this in John chapter 17, verse 14. This is the prayer that Jesus is praying before he goes to the cross. Um, this whole series here, in, in John, starting in John chapter 13, when Jesus um, gets up and washes the disciples' feet, he begins to be the example that he is leaving for us. And so... Uh, 13, he shows the, them the example. And then 14, 15, and 16, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the need of the Holy Spirit, how he's the spirit of truth, and the important. And then 17, he's praying. And then in John 17, 14, he says this I have given them your, your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Now that's a pretty strong statement. He says, I have given them your word. And it says, and the world has hated them. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty strong words to see and understand. And then he says this in verse 15. He says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, even though the world hates us, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. 
And then he says this in verse 17. He says, sanctify them in the truth. And sanctifying it is what? Is a setting apart. Is a separating. And so he's saying, I want them to stay in the world, but I don't want them to be of the world. I want them to be separate from the world, but I want them to be in the world. And this is how it's going to happen. Sanctify them in the truth. And then he says this, your word is truth. Isn't that awesome? Now, let me read to you again the beginning of verse 14. I have given them your word and the world has hated them. And then he says in 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And so God's word is what we need to stand on. Not our opinion, not somebody else's opinion, not what we think is right or wrong, but what God declares as right and wrong, good and bad, light and darkness. That's what we need to stand on. We have too many people that are trying to figure out what truth is, and we're trying to figure out in our own understanding, and we need God's understanding. We need the spirit of truth to be able to lead us and guide us. Our pride gets the best of us at times, and we think we know what is best, what is God's way, and we are so far from that truth. We often try to make God's truth His Word fit into our situation or our circumstance. What we like or understand instead of us fitting into God's Word. Fitting into His truth, His plans, His purposes for our lives. And that's why it's so important for us to have the Holy Spirit. Be attentive to Him, allowing Him to lead us and guide us. And then we walk in the new ways that God has for us. Now, in churches, there's a lot of struggle even with this because what God intends for us to be is both Bible-taught and Spirit-taught. Bible-led and Spirit-led. Because if we're Bible-taught, Bible-led, and we don't have the Spirit of God, then we enter into legalism, and that becomes very harsh And it becomes very miserable. (laughs) Because you can't ever measure up. But if you're so far with the Spirit and you're not understanding the Word of God, then we can have that greasy grace that is just as detrimental to us as legalism. And so that's why it's so important for us to have both. And my personal opinion is, is, the more Spirit-led we are, the stronger we ought to be in the Word of God. You know, sometimes we want to be spiritual and so we want to, we we don't pay attention to the Word of God and, and that's not how it is. God intends for us to have both of them. And it's only as we walk in the new way the Holy Spirit leads us that we will have a freedom that we've never experienced before. And we'll be the light in the darkness, the truth in the middle of chaos. God, the Holy Spirit, can only speak truth. He cannot speak a lie, only truth. Isn't that awesome? 
You don't have to wonder what he says that when he speaks, you don't have to say, I wonder if he's right. He is. He's truth. On the contrary, Paul speaks of our enemy as the God of this world. And then if we follow this conclusion, um, we will come to understand that from the world come lies, half-truths, deceptions, and, and all the like. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to encourage you to turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. Now, that's a pretty strong statement right there. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. Verse 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Another very strong statement. So the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. And this is the reason why. To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So in other words, he's keeping them blinded so they don't find out about Jesus Christ. Who came in the image of God. So if you want to know what God is like, then study Jesus. Whatever Jesus did, that's how God is. Okay? Verse 5. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? That is so amazing to me because we have a God that we're wrestling against, the God of this world. He's blinded the minds of the unbelievers. At one point before you and I became believers, He had blinded our, light, our minds as well. But it says that as God said, let there be light out of the dark. So He has let His light shine in our hearts. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And we need to make sure that we allow the Holy Spirit to continue to uh, lead us and guide us. Because He says in verse 6, For God who said, let sh light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And I just want you to know, that's just the beginning. What we need is the Holy Spirit to continue to give us, continue to bring us revelation and illumination of the truth of God, the truth of God's ways, His plans and His purposes for our lives. Without the Holy Spirit, we will not be able to have our eyes opened 
and we will remain in the darkness the enemy has blinded the world with. And even as believers, if we don't grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, if we don't grow in our uh, walking and studying God's Word, we're not going to be any different than the world. All we're going to be is saved and miserable until we get to heaven. We are in such need of the Holy Spirit that if all He did was share the truth of the gospel, bring light to our darker minds, it would be enough. It would be more than enough. And He's done that. But now there's a responsibility that we have to develop that relationship even more. The Holy Spirit begins revealing the truth to us, but we have to be willing to strive as much as we can to receive from the Holy Spirit as well. We can't think of Him as an afterthought. We can't think of Him as second or third or fourth down in the line. We have to ask Him. We have to be a devourer of God's Word with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be able to have such a hunger for God's Word that our appetite for the Word of God and for the working of the Holy Spirit in us, the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit in us, that we cannot satisfy that hunger. And it's sad to me how I've heard so many believers just give up on reading God's Word, give up on letting the Holy Spirit speak to us and lead us and guide us. It's just amazing. And we need the illumination and the revelation only the Holy Spirit can give. We live in a world that our enemy is the God of, and as we read, He has blinded the minds of those who are perishing. And as believers, we can perish as well if we're not growing in our knowledge of God, if we're not growing in the truth of God and His ways and His plans and His purposes for our lives. The world is under the enemy's control and he has perverted everything that God has established, wreaking havoc on mankind. And we as believers, we are the only stand against the lies of the enemy and the darkness of this world. We are the counterbalance to the falsehood. The enemy continues to speak. Um, if you'll turn with me to John chapter 8, please. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, this is how Jesus describes our enemy and what he has to say. John chapter 8, verse 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not on my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? That's a question. It is because you cannot he bear to hear my word. 
So he's saying, you don't have the ability to hear me. Verse 44. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth. So no wonder they can't hear him because they are so used to falsehood. They're so used to lies. Now all of a sudden Jesus is on the scene. He's showing truth. He's revealing truth and they can't handle it. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. And then he says, when he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so when we hear a lie from the world, we know it's coming from the enemy. He continues. Verse 45. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God. Verse 47. This is very important. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is because, or hear them, is that you are not of God. Those are some pretty strong words. He's not like trying to make them feel good right now. You know, and at first you would think these aren't encouraging words, but if they would listen to what he's saying, if they would hear what he's really saying, these are very encouraging words to them. Because they think, He's speaking of those who claim to be Abraham's seed and they think they're, they're okay. And Jesus is like, look, you're trying to get rid of me and I came from the Father. There's something wrong here. There's something amiss here. And remember, Satan is the God of this world, the ruler of this world. So this world is full of lies. And we as believers are the ones who have the truth because we have the Word of God, the Bible, and because we have the Holy Spirit, and we need to grow in this truth so we can be the light in the darkness. And it's a battle. Darkness will not give up easily. Have you noticed that? The only way to dispel and displace the darkness is be the light, and then be brighter and brighter and brighter. And for some reason, we think that um, all we have to do is give our lives to Jesus and then everything's going to change for our good. That's not true. There's no biblical standard for that theology. The light that God gives us, He intends for it to be illuminated brighter and brighter. That's why we need to be studiers of God's Word, not mere listeners of it or casual readers of it, but we need, again, to devour it as our source of life. 
And we need the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives and walk in all He has for us to cause the light to grow brighter and brighter. If we think that we're going to go out into the world and make a difference and change the world and dispel and displace the darkness and we don't have God's word written and hidden in our hearts, we're fooling ourselves and we're lying to ourselves. We have to have his word written and hidden in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit guide us. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, please. My fear is that we think that we can live the life that God has called us to in our own strength and in our own wisdom. And neither is enough. Neither gives us the ability to do what God has called us to do. And that brings us to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I would like to read more of this, but I know that you're studious, so you'll go back and look at more of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 9. This is a familiar scripture to a lot of people, and it says, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, people have taken this and they've said, see, we can't know all the things of God. We can't understand all the things of God. But that's not what he's saying here because he's saying in the natural, you're not going to know. But then he follows this and this is very powerful. Verse 10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Plain and simple. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. We cannot comprehend that. We cannot see that. We cannot hear it. We cannot obtain it. Except these things God has revealed to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything. Even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And what do we have? We have the spirit of God living inside of us. We have the spirit of truth in us. And God intends for the spirit of God in us to work within us and to lead us and guide us into the things of God, into the, we want to call them deep things of God, but I'll take the shallow things of God because that's enough. But we don't even want the shallow things of God. We have to be so wanting the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. You know, Paul debunks the thought that we can have the wisdom of God by mere intellectual understanding that we ourselves find within our own minds. He's saying it's not going to happen. Paul had no faith in man's ability to comprehend truth apart from the direct illumination and revelation 
of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you think that you can figure out the ways and the purposes and the plans of God, forget it. You're never going to be able to figure it out. But whatever you have need of, the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and direct us. And we have to be willing to have that. Um, He continues in verse 12. He says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, which is what? Lies. Okay. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Isn't that awesome? And what does the scripture say? Proverbs chapter, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Well, how do we lean not on our own understanding? Walk with the Holy Spirit. Let Him bring understanding to us. The understanding that we need. There's a lot of things that I don't understand and I don't need to understand them. But I can know this. I can trust the Holy Spirit. I can trust God's Word. And that's enough for me. You know, I don't know how God does it. He says that He works all things out for our good, for those who love Him, who are called according to His plans and purposes. I don't need to know how He's going to do it. All I know is He's going to do it. That's enough for me. I'll let God stay up late at night figuring out how He's going to make everything right in my life. And I'll sleep while He's doing that. Amen? And when I get up, I'll get up ready for the Holy Spirit to shed light on those things. So the things of God are only revealed by and through the Holy Spirit. Plain and simple. And so if we want to be wise spiritually, then we have to give ourselves to the Holy Spirit. There is no other way to grasp the wisdom of God except being in relationship with the Holy Spirit and letting Him lead us and guide us into all truth. Amen? And He makes a statement that we have not received the Spirit of the world and we need to shout out hallelujah. Amen? Because we have a different way of thinking now. We have a different way of seeing things now. That doesn't mean that everything's going to be great and easy in our life, but We can trust God. Amen. This is the only way to understand the things of God and what He has freely given us. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We receive the Holy Spirit when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. And then we have the privilege of developing that relationship and allowing the light in us to grow brighter and brighter and brighter. As we receive communion this morning, I pray that we are mindful of this truth and of our great need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. I pray that we come to the place where we realize that we cannot live without Him. Without Him being alive and well and active in our lives, leading us and guiding us.
Jesus said that it's to our benefit that he goes away. Because if he goes away, he will send the Holy Spirit. He will send the Holy Spirit. That alone lets me know how important it is for the Holy Spirit to be in our lives. And us to be attentive to the Holy Spirit. 